Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. I'm here every Monday from 12 to 3 p.m. Of course, yesterday was a holiday, company holiday, so I'm here on a Tuesday, February 20th. Come on by and check out the show. Phone lines are open, 833 804 0910. Let's go out to the phone lines here. We've got Justin, Justin in Richmond. What's going on, Justin? Hey, what? Um, thanks for having me. But um, I called in. I said, hey, what gender or sex, whatever, is the otter? And I was told it was a female. So I think for all the Potterheads out there, it's going to be Hermione because her Patronus was an otter. <laughs> oh, Hermione Potter, right? Is that what you could you still did Hermione end up oh, oh, marrying? Hermione no. Potter the otter. <laughs> Hermione ended up with Ron. <laughs> oh, Hermione ends up with Ron. Oh man. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So Hermione is the name of the otter. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to go find their page, and that's what it needs to be. I'm, I'm there. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the suggestion, Stub. What do you think? Are you on board? I mean, it's well-researched, right? I, with the Patronus <laughs> knowledge there, it, it feels pretty fitting. I, I, I like the thought that's gone into it. Yeah. We're on board, I mean, Justin. Make sure you submit yeah, it. That's all right. Yeah. Okay, see you. <laughs> yep, good call. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. The question of the day today on the Richmond Commander. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Are the Bears going to take Caleb Williams? Are they going to force the commander's hand here? Either Washington, if they want Caleb Williams, will have to trade up to number one, or... They're going to have to just take whoever is available at number two. Do you believe the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams? 833-804-0910. Stubb, you came up with this question. What do you think about this? I, I'm seeing all these, these things about Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram and following yeah. a couple other people like on the Falcons. And I think if they get rid of Fields, they're taking Caleb Williams. It, that seems like a pretty one-two lock-in. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. And and you know, I, I saw the thing about Justin Fields uh, deleting you know the Bears from his Instagram, and that kind of happens anytime you have uh, a, a major breakup like that. You know, nationally spotlighted uh, breakup between a quarterback and a team. And I, I've kind of said all along that I think the Bears are crazy to run it back with Justin Fields. Like, there's a reason you have the number one overall pick. It's because Justin Fields isn't very good. I disagree. Right, I like Justin Fields a lot. I, uh, I, well, I yeah. A, I th- I think you're still trying to learn what it takes to be a good NFL quarterback. <laughs> no. You're the same guy that liked Josh Dobbs. You were championing Josh Dobbs, bro. I, I got right? I got a I got a friend who's a lifelong Bears fan. He's ride or yeah. die for Justin Fields. He's been watching them his whole life and, and he really wants them to keep Fields. And there are a lot of you know Bears fans out there that kind of like Justin Fields. But why do you have the number one pick in the NFL draft? He was not good enough this year. Look, if I was a Bears fan, I would have been saying, we got to fire Matt Eberflus, right? How did they bring the court, the, the coach back after a terrible season? So um, I kind of feel like this Chicago in a situation here where, like they've kind of put out in rumors, it's going to take a historic haul for the, uh, to get them off of number one. If they end up trading the pick, it will be because – They've gotten, you know, three first rounds from the Patriots or something like that. 
And if that happens, then I think they're in a situation where they could have Justin Fields and end up drafting a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix. I just think Chicago is insane if they run it back with Justin Fields as quarterback one and don't at least draft someone to give him some competition, right? Um, so are the Bears going to take Caleb Williams? I think they are going to. I, I feel I, I'm I think really feeling a, that. Like it's I, just, I think th- this is an opportunity out there to go get a franchise-changing quarterback, and I don't th- think they can let that you know pass them by. If they ended up trading him, Excuse me. If they end up trading the pick, it'll be because they've got so many picks that they feel like they can get another quarterback who can compete with Justin Fields and go out and probably get Marvin Harrison Jr. and go out and get an offensive lineman. Uh, But I I just I think the Bears are going to end up taking Justin Fields and trading him and bringing in Caleb Williams and using Justin Fields' trade to grab maybe a late second or a third round draft pick and just kind of restarting all over this offseason. 833-804-0910. And that's why, look, if the Bears end up trading that pick and the Patriots move up to number one, they take Caleb Williams, or the Bears take Caleb Williams themselves, Washington, at number two, has another decision to make. Do they believe in Drake May or Jaden Daniels, or do they view those guys as just as good as Bo Nix and Michael Penix and that they could trade back in the draft. We're already seeing more and more mock drafts come out. This is mock it up season for sure in the NFL. And I've read three mock drafts last week that all had the commanders trading back. They said Denver could trade up to number two. The Patriots could even trade up to number two. Uh, There are several teams. The Jets have been thrown out there as well. There's so many teams that need a quarterback that are just desperate for a quarterback stub that I I think you might have to trade the pick, right? There's a chance here that Justin Fields stays in Chicago. They still draft Caleb Williams. And Washington then trades back at number two, and you just have all this movement there in the first round because everything is possible. And the guys in the first three positions there, especially the first two with the talent level at this quarterback draft, they have all the power in the world. And so Washington could say, hey, yeah, you want Caleb Williams? That's fine. We'll sit here at number two. We'll we'll take Drake May, and we'll be fine with that. Or we could say, hey, we'll take Jaden Daniels and be fine with that. Or we could even end up swapping back to three because we feel the same about Jaden Daniels and Drake May. Let's go back to the phone lines, 833-804-0910. We've got Brent in Richmond. What's up, Brent? Hey, what's up? What's up, dude? You're on the yeah, fan so, with AWOD. Uh, just, yeah, I think um, maybe you should. Uh, we should uh, take uh, just take a number two because if we knew it number one, and Caleb doesn't work out, you're going to lose one, and you're going to lose a bunch of other draft picks. When you stay at two, you're just going to lose two if it doesn't work out. And also, I heard somebody talking about how Drake May might be a good fit for Chicago because he's a big quarterback. He can throw real far uh, through the cold weather. You know, you got to think about that green, uh, that the Bears' uh, uh, conditions when they play in. They need, like, a big arm, a big person to throw, cut through that wind. It's something they might they might just take Drake May number one possibility and then kill spot number two for us. What do you think about that? Uh, look, I, I I think there is a chance Drake May could go, go number one. Uh, I I look, I kind of look at it like this. I appreciate you calling in. Phone lines are open eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Stop. I kind of look at it like this. Where look, I think Caleb Williams is the number one quarterback out there, but I don't think Drake May is too far behind. 
And I also think there's a chance that Chicago will look at this and say, I want more of a pocket passer. I want a guy who's six foot five, who's a, a closer thing to like a, a Peyton Manning and a Josh Allen than Caleb Williams, who's a smaller guy who's, uh, you know, run around the pocket and make plays. But we just had that in Justin Fields. So maybe there's a chance that Chicago says, hey, we like, jo we like Drake May at number one. I feel like they like certainly possible. They like Justin Fields, and if Caleb Williams is just a better Justin Fields, it it just seems too sure of a thing to me at this point. Yeah, phone lines are open, and you can always tweet us at nine ten the fan at AWOD Radio. Uh, Justin underscore RVA tweets us AWOD. You don't have to draft a quarterback. He says there are a few players you can bet the house on that they will succeed, and none of the quarterbacks are that. He says Harrison and Joe Alt are the only two guys in the top five that are more likely than not to succeed. Those are the facts. He says, I don't want Harrison. Uh, a lot of about picking quarterbacks high is saying, oh, everybody needs a quarterback, but the math ain't mathin'. I love the way he said that. 70 to 80% of quarterbacks drafted top 10 are on another team or not starting in five years. Better to use that high picks on a high percentage player. And that makes total sense if you look at Washington as a team that's already established. If we had something going with Sam Howell. And there was time this season where I said, yeah, we've got something going with Sam Howell. We should use whatever pick we have to build out the offensive line, to draft a wide receiver, to get more talent here. And he's right about that. Absolutely. You're, you're more likely you are to hit on a quarterback on a non-quarterback position. Absolutely right. Right? You, you, it's hard to miss offensive linemen that are drafted in the first round. It's hard to miss wide receivers drafted in the first round, especially defensive guys like edge rushers. Uh, most of them pan out, not named Chase Young. But the thing <laughs> is, is that you want a Joe Burrow. You want a Josh Allen. You want a Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow is the perfect example of why you swing that high in the, in the draft because, yes, he got hurt his first year, and then once he got healthy, Cincinnati made it to the Super Bowl, and they made it back to another AFC title game, and they've been a contender since they drafted Joe Burrow. So that's why you make the case for swinging for a quarterback. You're always going to have the San Francisco's of the world that swung for you know Trey Lance and missed and got lucky with Brock Purdy, but the fact is that they swung because you have to keep swinging until you get your franchise quarterback. Otherwise, you have to have a damn good roster to win with a Brock Purdy, and Washington just does not have a damn good roster. It'll probably be three years by the time we get a roster that's that good. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, or you can always tweet us during the show at AWOD Radio or at 910TheFan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Today is a VCU game day as the Rams are on the road to Massachusetts for a road game against 7-6 and six, UMass in the A-10. Rams 9-3 and three and have been playing some really good basketball. So you can hear that game tonight right here on 910 The Fan at 7 p.m. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.15 before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. But it's time to go around all the college basketball programs here in the state of Virginia on University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, buzzer beaters, madness. All the college basketball in the state of Virginia. We'll follow your favorite teams all season long. University Drive on AWOD Radio. 
And we'll start in Blacksburg, Virginia. Castle Coliseum was the location for the butt whooping of the Hokies over the Hoos last night. 75 to 41 in the Commonwealth Clash. UVA got the win earlier this season. Virginia Tech gets revenge at home. And really, it was such a terrific performance. They didn't need Sean Padula to go off. They didn't need Hunter Couture to go off. The two last game combined for 49 points. Last night combined for just 14. Eight points for Padula, six points for Hunter Couture. And that's because they got 13 from Tyler Nickel off the bench. A level, 11 from Malajal Poteet. 13 from Robbie Barron, 14 from Lynn Kidd. The Hokies came together as a team and played their best basketball of the season, hosting UVA. They jumped out to an early lead, led at halftime by 20, 36-16. And you know what? They played even better in the second half, winning the second half by 14, 39-25. I was watching this game live, and look, this is a UVA team that prides themselves on the defense event, and the pack line defense is good once again this year. The problem is, is they give up too many three-point shots, and the Hokies were knocking them down. Eight of 23, that's 34%. And then offensively, you know, I'm going to take a page out of Seth Greenberg's playbook here. He kept saying it on the halftime show. Virginia this season is offensively challenged. They do not score enough. They run their sets and get bad shots. And a lot of the shots they took against Virginia Tech last night were at the end of the shot clock. And they were just kind of chucking the ball up. You know, just heaving it towards the rim with one second on the clock. That's why Reese Beekman, who's normally a 50% shooter, was 3 of 10. That's why Jordan Miner was 1 of 4. Gertrude off the bench was 2 of 5. Bond was 1 of 4. Murray was 1 in 3. Buchanan was 0 for 5. They couldn't hit shots because they were taking bad shots. And shot selection is so important with UVA this season because they just don't score the ball very often. And then defensively, you know, they're going to try to shut you down. And then they're going to run 30 seconds of the clock. And that's why this is a team that just cannot play from behind. And they were behind there from about the under 12 timeout in the first half towards to the end of the game. They just could not make a run. Uh, and look, they also couldn't hit a three-point shot. Two of 12 from the three-point line, but I think that really came down to it was bad shot selection. And so, the bo- beginning of this game, you're thinking, it's 4-2 to two after the uh, under-16 timeout. Is anybody going to score? You know UVA will get somewhere in the 40s. They'll have a chance if they can hold Virginia Tech in the 40s. But the Hokies' offense started pouring it on. And in the second half, the UVA defense was terrible. You know, they were just giving up open shot after open shot. Virginia Tech was running their offense with so much confidence. It was very unselfish basketball. They were giving an extra pass, open look. Oh, nope, one more pass. Then this guy's wide open. And you could see UVA's defense suffered. They started trying to run through screens instead of running around them. And it led to guys getting wide open shots in the second half. As this was the best uh, win of the season for the Hokies, I thought they put up 75 points and win by 34 over their arch rival, the Virginia Cavaliers. Good thing in the ACC, you can always bounce back in your next game. Virginia will prepare for a home game at John Paul Jones Arena on February 24th against 10th-ranked UNC Tar Heels. North Carolina comes to Virginia February 24th. They got a game at Boston College and then at Duke. So even though this was a bad loss to Virginia Tech, 
And it's coming off of now two bad losses in three games. Losing to Pat Pitt with a win against Wake Forest in between. An ugly 49-47 win. UVA is really struggling offensively, but they've got two shots to get going in the next three games against UNC and Duke. As they're still sitting as the third place team in the ACC standings at 11-5 and, and have a two-game lead on Pittsburgh, NC State, and Wake Forest. They just can't afford to keep slipping up here. So I don't expect them to beat UNC and Duke, but they've got to defeat Boston College in between those games and then win their final game of the regular season against Georgia Tech. So uh, that was what went on in the ACC yesterday. In the ACC tonight, you've got three decent games. Syracuse at NC State. We'll see if NC State can stay within the pack. They're hunting for a top four spot in the tournament, which will be played in Washington, D.C. Boston College is at Florida State. State is desperate for a win. Seminoles need to get a win at home. And then Pitt at Wake Forest, 9 p.m. on the ACC Network. Wake at home, both teams 8-6 and six on the regular season. Let's talk a little A-10 here on University Drive. And we'll start with VCU as the Rams are on the road at UMass tonight. This is a big game for VCU because UMass is behind them in the standings by two and a half games and they could pretty much lock in a top four seed. Why is the top four seed so important in the A-10? Well, it means you get a double bye. You avoid the pillow fight game on Tuesday. You avoid the first round knockout on Wednesday. And you're sitting pretty Thursday. And all you have to do is win Thursday. You get a day off Friday. And you're ready for the semifinals there on Saturday. The A-10 is going to heat up here the final few weeks of the regular season because each team will play against each other. VCU, the four seed, plays against the one seed, Dayton, on the road. They'll also play at Richmond coming up in early March. Then you've got uh, Loyola Chicago, who is the second place team. Well, they still have to play Dayton. So either Dayton or Loyola Chicago will have one more loss by the time VCU plays against Dayton. Who, and VCU right now 9-3 and three in a great position to be not just a top four seed in the A-10, but compete for the A-10 regular season title. They're going to have to take care of business against a good UMass team on the road tonight. Fordham will be at Davidson. Both teams have really struggled as of late in the A-10. Uh, I think Davidson wins that game at, hold, at home. St. Louis is at Duquesne tonight. St. Louis uh, played really well against VCU over the weekend. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about that one. VCU wins 95-85. to Bama still scores 27, so now he's had 29 and 27 point performances both against St. Louis. Shulga had 26 as the Rams had their best offensive performance of the season, putting up 95 on the road in a 10-point victory over St. Louis. And yeah, I, I told Michael Phillips this. John Rothstein is starting to take notice. VCU has an excellent five-man lineup that includes Zeb Jackson at the point, Max Shulga at the two, Joe Bamiso at the three, Sean Barristow at the four, with Toby Lawall at the five. I believe that's a five guard. That's a five lineup there that can beat anyone in the A-10, especially if Toby Lawall is hitting his free throws and catching his alley-oops and finishing at the rim. Uh, although he has not been as good finishing alley-oops as he was at the beginning of the season. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. On Wednesday, Richmond heads on the road to the Kingston Center in Rhode Island 
for a big-time 8-10 matchup. Richmond uh, can't really afford to slip up here towards the end of the season. They started so hot as of late. They're just 2-2 two and two in their last four games. Got a good win over GW on the road over the weekend, but they've got Rhode Island coming up tomorrow. Then Davidson at home before you're at St. Louis, and then the Capital City Classic returns with Richmond hosting VCU on March 2nd. So right now in the A-10, Dayton's 11-2, Loyola Chicago's 11-2, Richmond's 10-2 with a game tomorrow, and VCU 9-3. So you're just a game and a half back of first place right now are the Rams, and Dayton will be at Fairfax, Eagle Bank Arena, for a matchup against George Mason. That's a big-time matchup for George Mason to get a good win in the A-10 to give themselves some confidence going into the A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. And the good thing that Mason has going for them is they were off this weekend. So they've had a full week to prepare for the 16th-ranked Dayton Flyers, who are 11-2 in the A-10 and come to George Mason tomorrow. So VCU tonight, Dayton at George Mason tomorrow, and Richmond at Rhode Island. And we'll be recapping it all right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Last week, the big story was the Senate rejecting Ted Leonsis' bill to try to bring monumental sports and entertainment out of the nation's capital and into Virginia. Well, we'll find out the latest on that and talk D.C. sports with Scott Abraham from WJLA, Washington, D.C., Channel 7, next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. They've got great burgers, great wings, a really awesome beer selection. We're live and local here from 12 to 3 p.m. Taking extended lunch break here on a Tuesday following a three-day weekend. You deserve it. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our buddy Scott Abraham. What's going on, Scott? Hey, what? I feel like I need to cut a uh, promo from The Rock. Finally, Scott Abraham <laughs> has come back to AWOD. Absolutely. I know you're a card-carrying member of the AWOD Army. So let's begin with this. What is the latest with Ted's decision, Ted Leonsis' decision, to move the Wizards and Capitals to Virginia? Well, there's a lot of political red tape right now, and I don't see this getting resolved anytime soon. I think uh, at the end there's going to be some backdoor deals, you know, sweetheart deals. Uh, It's going to get done, I believe, in one way or the other. I just don't see how... Ted can go back to D.C. now where he's burned so many bridges. And, you know, Ted is a very smart man, Awad, and he would not put himself out there if he didn't have plan A, plan B, and plan C, and maybe plan D even lined up. So uh, right now there's a lot of um, stuff in the background that's that's going on in terms of the political stuff, and that's going to sort itself out. And uh, this is all just part of the the process of trying to get a, a something like this, this to this uh, magnitude done. Yeah, you know, it's a frustrating situation. I hate it. You know, I don't know how you could take the city's team, the Wizards, out of out of D.C. into Virginia, the Virginia Wizards, who wants to go see, you know, Jordan Poole miss 100 threes every game. I could understand the Capitals going to Northern Virginia, and that's kind of why they keep throwing out there the percentage that so Capitals fans come to games from Northern Virginia 
but it's just not the same with the Wizards, and that's what frustrates me the most about this, Scott. Listen, you know, I, I certainly understand both sides of the coin. Like, uh, D.C. at its core is a basketball city. Oh, my goodness. They love their hoops. And, you know, during the glory days of the John Walls and the Brad Beal, when they were so close to making the Eastern Conference Final, that place was rocking. And I understand the frustration of taking that core out of its city and the small businesses that are going to be hurt in the restaurants that are going to be hurt. But I also understand... Ted as the businessman trying to get the best deal for himself, a brand new shiny toy of an arena, a lot of land, going to have, you know, help getting funding from Virginia. So I, I certainly understand both sides of the coin, and um, it's, it's a tough situation for, for everybody. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that because, you know, I don't want to show any bias toward Ted or bias toward um, residents in D.C. It's just a tough situation overall. Yeah, I, I do believe that billionaires should pay for their own stadiums, and uh, I'll leave it at that. The Washington yep. Commanders have the number two overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Here's what I've been saying on the show, Scott. I believe Caleb, who you know, local kid, I believe he's the best prospect in this draft by far, and so I think you have to do everything to go out and get him. But as of recently, I'm okay with sitting at number two if Drake May is the guy. I I was all in on Caleb for a long time, but now I'm starting to feel like the the gap between Caleb and Drake May might not be as big as I first imagined. You know, I'm listen. I covered Caleb in high school. You know, we have our high school football show. I covered Gonzaga. You know, almost every yeah. Friday night, and and I saw my own two eyes the potential this kid has and how he blossomed at Oklahoma and USC. I want him too, Awad, but I just think it's going to cost too much. I, I think I think mm-hmm. they're going to ask for a king's ransom, and it's just not going to be worth it in the long run. And then the the fallback plan is there's three really good quarterbacks in this draft. Who knows? There might be others that you know that that come to fruition. But the three big names right now, you mentioned Drake May, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, and of course Caleb Williams. So. If it comes down to Drake May and Jaden Daniels, who do I want right now on February 20th? Long way to go until April. I lean yeah. toward Jaden Daniels, Awad, because I look at the competition he played every week in the SEC versus the competition Drake May had to face in the ACC. I just think the SEC is a much better conference, and to see what he did against competition that Drake May didn't necessarily face uh, week in and week out in the ACC. And just the versatility aspect of maybe like a Lamar Jackson 2.0, that type of quarterback, yeah. how how they fare in the National Football League these days. I lean toward Jane Daniels. I, I worry about the passing aspect. You know, Lamar Jackson had his issues throwing the football. He still does. Drake May has that big arm. Can he maneuver? Can he have that, has that athleticism to move out of the pocket like a Jane Daniels? I'm not sold on Jaden as a thrower, but I am sold on Jaden being able to extend plays, use his legs to make plays. So right now that's where I'm going with the Jaden Daniels. You know, we, we've been uh, taking tweets and calls throughout the show, Scott. I, I'd love to hear you respond to Justin in Richmond, who wants Washington to draft somebody outside of a quarterback because the percentage chances of them hitting a non-quarterback are much higher you know, how would you respond to that if Washington didn't take a quarterback at number two? There's only so many times a franchise gets to draft 
number one or number two. You don't want to be drafting in those positions. You know why? Because that means you're winning. That means you're making the playoffs. So you got to make sure whoever you're drafting at one, whoever you're drafting at two, you absolutely hit. Washington has not had a good track record. Go back to what? 2012, 2013, they drafted Robert Griffin the third. Didn't work out. 2020, they drafted Chase Young at number two. It didn't work out. They've had a hit here, Awad. So what? what is the most important position in the National Football League, in any sport? Probably quarterback. And they have not hit on quarterback in over a couple of decades. And it's been a revolving door, and you got to keep swinging until you finally connect. That's my theory. You have three good quarterbacks. you got to take a chance. you got to do your research. I'm quarterback all day. Offensive line, wide receiver, they're going to be there. They're going to be, be able to address that uh, later in the draft or in free agency. you got to take a swing at, at trying to get a quarterback and finally hitting. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like, let's say they take Marvin Harrison Jr., and he is a – Pro Bowler year one. He's the greatest wide receiver that we've ever seen as a rookie, like Justin Jefferson. But then next year, you're like, well, we still need a quarterback, but now we don't have the number two overall pick. We have the number 10 overall pick. That's kind of where I'm at with why you have to take a order. Uh, Yeah. You need somebody to throw Marvin Harrison the ball, number one. So that's, that's, (laughs) you got to figure out who's going to get him the football. Is that, is that going to be Sam Howell? I don't know. Is that going to be a Jacoby Brissett as a bridge quarterback? I don't know. But what I do know is you have three potential franchise-altering players that are sitting there that did their thing in college. Now I have the confidence that Adam Peters and his front office staff and the scouts will do their research, and they're going to figure out who the best quarterback is for Washington. And what I like about Adam Peters is he's had the experience of swinging and missing. He was part of that San Francisco front office when they traded up to draft Trey Lance. And that's an experience he's going to learn from, he's going to remember, and I'm glad he went through that then in San Francisco and hopefully not here in Washington, that he learns from what, how that whole process worked and went, and went through, and you're going to bring that here to Washington and figure out how to not do that again. Scott Abraham with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow Scott on social media at Scott7News. Every day on the sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. The great eight chasing the great one, Wayne Gretzky's 894 career goals. Needs 58 to tie, 59 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Scott, how great was the month of February for Ovi? All the talk now nationally is coming back. I love it. I was worried. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, father time uh, catches up to everybody, right? So he did not get off to a really good start. Um, I don't know if he was out of shape or just getting old or the legs tired, but it's good to see Ovechkin starting to find the back of the net, starting to look like Ovi in his office, per se, right? On that power play or feeding him in, in his spot on the ice. And. Again, this is the one thing that's really holding this franchise together right now is yeah. the chase to break Wayne Gretzky's record because that's the only reason why they're not really blowing the whole thing up because they want to put kind of some semblance of a team around Ovechkin to to break this record. 
And once he does break this record, because I still do think he's got, he's going to eventually get there, um, they got to go through a rebuild and kind of figure out, you know, the next Alex Ovechkin 2.0 or, or the next Nicholas Backstrom 2.0 because they're getting older. And it yeah. shows they're um, getting outskated at times, the, the, the quick teams. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do against New Jersey tonight because New Jersey's a very fast team on the ice. And uh, traditionally they have not fared well against teams that can really move up and down the ice. Scott, always appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. All right, AY, let's do it again, buddy. See you. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Alehouse here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910, broadcasting live from Capitol L House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. As stuff, It's 51 degrees out today, but it's supposed to get to as cold as 24 degrees later tonight. It's, it's been weird weather uh, the last few weeks, really, up and down, but I will say, when it when it's this weather where it's spring where you know it feels like the sun could come out but it just doesn't and it's kind of cold i always end up eating a lot of soup i don't know why yeah. I, this is like <laughs> soup season for me so right. i had a, a ton of different soups over the weekend and i wanted to bring that up real quick and do an impromptu dude food here on the fan Dude! Food! We're not responsible for the content of this program. Or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude! Food! Alright, so we've talked about this uh, on a, a few occasions here in the new year, 2024, Year of the gir- Girlfriend. I've been taking my chick to a lot of Asian spots. I feel like it's a good vibe for a date. We've got a ton of them right in my backyard. Lucky AF, Fat Dragon. And I have an obsession now with wonton soup, Stub. Oh, I'm classic. obsessed with it. Yeah, it I love so a good. wonton. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially when the dumpling is done well, when the steamed dumplings in there. Yep. And we got chili dumplings as an appetizer, and I put extra dumplings in my wonton soup. Ooh. And since they were kind of chili made, it heated the soup up a little bit and extra spice. It was terrific. So I'm trying to think of my top five favorite soups of all time. Wonton has to be up there. On Saturday, my buddy Kevin moved to town, and on my way to going to help him, I stopped by Panera. Their creamy chicken and wild rice soup might be my favorite thing on the planet. I'm getting I'm a broccoli cheddar every single time. Broccoli cheddar is a good one too. Every single time. Can never go wrong with you know Nana's homemade chicken noodle soup. That's always a good one. I'm a. I'm I, a you're right though. Broccoli and cheese is really good. Yeah, I'm a big miso soup guy. It's simple, but I love it. It's it's just it's good every time. You get a How little you compare, free with your appetizer or, or your entree. Great. How do you compare miso soup to wonton soup? I mean, wonton obviously has a lot more going on, and it's more of like a meal. Miso soup feels more like a like a palate cleanser, like a little treat, if anything. So, yeah. so wonton's okay. better, but I'm always happy to have a miso soup in front of me. Would you take French onion soup, or would you take chicken tortilla soup? Ooh, French you onion. You only choose one. I really like a French I, onion. I think I'd go chicken tortilla, especially with more chips and more tortillas that you can put in That's it. That's fair, yeah. Like, 
right? It, it, it. All, I feel like you can always make a soup better the more stuff you put. Yeah, in. if you get some like bread though that you can dip in the French onion, like a baguette, mm-hmm. then you got yeah. yourself something going. I've always been a big fan of New England cream of crab soup. That's always been a top one of my top of my list. Is anytime I go to you know Bethany Beach there in Delaware. Uh, they've got a ton of good places that serve really good crab soup. So I'm, I, I love crab soup. So that would probably be – I'd probably go crab soup, probably number four uh, in my top five. Chicken noodle, wonton soup, cream of wi- uh, creamy chicken, wild rice, and broccoli cheddar. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't get thinking. enough – I've never, like, gone out to a restaurant that isn't Panera to get a soup on purpose, though. It's not really? enough food for me. I, See, I would have to get soup I- and something else, and I don't want to do that. When I go out with my parents, we we always get salads or soups. Like I've gotten a lobster bisque at this one time place Ooh. a thousand times. Lobster bisque is good. I think it's a little too um, too a little too rich for me sometimes. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, but uh, here on Dude Food, though, we did want to bring up Taco Bell's new menu, right? So yes. Stub went out and tried it this weekend. Why don't you uh, explain to us what your uh, what it was like? Okay, so they, they seem to be dropping things kind of slowly. There's only one new item at the moment. The chicken nuggets oh, are on. not out yet, <laughs> which upset me. Oh, that's so but lame. But they did have the cheesy chicken crispinata. So okay. I, I would look up a picture of it. It's essentially like a like a hard, crispy, large dumpling. And so first bite, terrible. One of one of the worst first bites of a fast food item I've ever had, as it was wow. just <laughs> it, it was just the stale, crispy outside breading part of okay. it. To like kind of break into the inside, and then yeah. on the inside, I I would describe it as buffalo chicken dip without buffalo sauce, if anything. Okay. And it, it was so like it a was, weird creamy chicken. Yeah, creamy chicken with a bunch of cheese, and uh, it made for a decent but probably subpar product and experience. I I think the outer shell was not good. Right. <laughs> so we'll get to your rating in a, in a second here, but in case you missed it, here's the story: Taco Bell. Uh, released eight new menu items for 2024. They released a list. Stubbs telling us, though, that not all the menu items have been released. It was the Cantina Chicken Menu, the Chicken Crispinata, the Crispy Chicken Nuggets, which I was interested to having you try, Cheesy Tolupa, and a few other things. So the only thing that's been out is is that Crispinata. Yes, and I think a couple of new like combo menu items, but I don't think there's anything new. I, I will continue to track it, and as soon as they drop things, I will be there. I'm really, really excited about these nuggets. <laughs> yeah. I'm so All right. Curious. So what was your what was your official rating here? Doesn't sound like you really liked it. It's probably a two and a half out of five. Oh wow! Wouldn't get it again. It was four dollars. I think it was a decent amount of food for four dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm going to keep getting my box when I go there. You have a photo of it before you ate it? I don't do think... you have a... F- oh, you, you don't have a photo Yeah, I don't have it. any photos of it. The The inside, okay. again, it looks like buffalo chicken dip, but yellower. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's... I'm going to I'm gonna need you, if you're doing a food review here, to, to provide some evidence. Sorry, I apologize. I we apologize. Can't just, we can't just take your word of mouth stuff. You know? <laughs> I, I downed it. <laughs> I, I left the office on Friday at 4... Went straight to the Taco Bell <laughs> a minute away, and I and I ate it too quick to think about anything else. That's <laughs> you know that one's on me. <laughs> that's another. That's another thing. I don't think you can do a good review on, on an empty stomach. Like you were starving. Yeah. <laughs> you were gonna eat it even if it looked like garbage. Right. Yeah, but I, if anything, that would raise my opinion of it. If if I was hungry, because it would be anything. So that kind of goes uh-huh. to show that it's not great. Not great. Yeah. Uh, did you see what Hostess is introducing now? 
Hostess is, of course, known for all their you know great treats. Uh, but they've added a new one. It is going to be a honey bun. A honey, a mashup of a donut and a honey bun with one cinnamon vanilla flavor. Okay. Combined with sweet vanilla glaze to cover the donut. All right. This, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this. Yeah, I, I don't, I, get, I don't I get a lot of... I think people sleep on how good a honey bun can be if you microwave it just the right amount of time. Ooh, That's my favorite okay. thing to do. Yeah, I'm not... You don't do that? I don't have a lot of dessert oh, snacks around the house. I don't really have a lot of, like, Twinkies or anything like that very often to, like, be able to, to confidently well, speak on the honey yeah. bun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible for you, you know, but... Uh, and you feel terrible as soon as you finish eating it. But while you're eating it, it tastes like the greatest thing on the planet. It's like it's a weird thing that, that they do at Hostess. I feel that way about all their treats, like Twinkies. When you're eating a Twinkie, you feel like you're on top of the world. Yeah, that's true. And then true. as soon as you feed, finish eating it, you feel like you want to vacuum out your stomach, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel the same way about the Snowball, too. The Snowball, oh. the coconut-covered one, like the first bite of that, you feel like you could conquer the world, and then like three bites later while you're licking your fingers, uh, you just want to hurt yourself. Ooh, a, a new thing we've been having around the house is, is it's those frozen ice cream mini cones that's just the bottom of the cone full of chocolate. You know what I'm talking Whoa. about? No, well, they, I've they, never heard of People always talk about those like chocolate ice cream. I don't remember what they're called, but the chocolate always gets to the bottom of the cone, and people always say that's the best part, and they sell it's- those individually. Really, your your roommate. I don't I don't know how much he makes, but he uses it all on desserts. He really does. Uh, he's right? un, he's unemployed. Uh, I believe it, he, it, was oh, a, really? it was a gift. It was a gift from his mom. <laughs> has has he gone out and bought any weird ice cream anymore, or has he stopped? Uh, doing that? He 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 slowed down on that. Uh, well, he, well, actually, well, no. For Christmas, he had six pints uh, that he got for for a Christmas gift that we had, but those were pretty <laughs> standard. Uh, <laughs> there was a what birthday was the, cake. Remind our audience what was the weirdest flavor he got. Uh, well, the one he got us was caramel pralines, which yeah. which he got mad at me for saying that was too weird for him to not run by me, and he said <laughs> it was a standard, standard issue ice cream, and I I, I disagreed very heavily. Uh, yeah, uh, something no. I wanted to bring up is that Little Caesars is now offering their deep dish pizza by the yard. What what does that mean? Like a like a like full, a yardstick? Like <laughs> <laughs> like a full football field yard of deep dish pizza for twenty dollars. What? Yeah. So if you spent what's that, two thousand dollars, you could cover an entire football field length in Little Caesars deep dish pizza. <laughs> if that was something that you wanted to do, I don't think I don't think I've had Little Caesars in about ten years. Have you been going there recently? No, no. It, it was a go-to definitely in middle school. I mean, five dollars hot and ready full pizza, down the well, whole thing what? by myself. The best thing in middle school was, you know, and this is the problem with this generation of kids, Stubb. I'm going to put you on this here. Okay. Did you get a free pizza for reading books? Because we got free pizza for reading books, and I I don't know if they discontinued that or not, but I don't think it's a thing anymore. But we used to come with a little sticker that your teacher signed that said you read a book this, uh, you know, summer break, and you got a free personal pan pizza. And the personal pan pizzas were amazing. They they were were fresh out of the oven. Some level of reward. For reading, I don't remember if it was pizza. This feels like an elementary school thing, I, and I'm pretty hazy on that. Uh, th- that was like seven years of my life. Yeah. I, I don't really know no. what happened back then. I just specifically remember we went to the Pizza Hut right up the street from where I lived 
And and it was like once a quarter I was getting a free personal pan pizza because I read a book <laughs> or I lied about finishing a book that I had started and read two pages of. They they would phone lines are open. <laughs> they would have us like deliver or like try to sell door to door magazines and if you sold uh, the most you could ride a limo to Little Caesars Pizza or, or CC's <laughs> Pizza with a couple of friends if you sold uh, like four hundred dollars worth of magazines to your neighbors. I don't remember that. That's funny. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. If there's any local food news we missed, give us a call, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. That was Dude Food on AWOD Radio.